Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. WTLC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby. Today is Tuesday, January the 16th. A belated happy birthday, Miss Vic. 317-972-3008 is our new phone number. Again, our new listener line is 317-972-3008. On the show today, he was named Interim Chief of the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department a few days ago following news that current Chief of Police, Randall Taylor, was stepping down to assume a new role within the department. Today... Acting Chief Christopher Bailey is going to join us to share more on what his short-term vision and responsibilities are going to be, as well as any insights he may have on who the future chief uh, might be. That's coming up in our second hour. Also in our second hour, going to get to a post-holiday segment we had to postpone last week with the BBB of Indianapolis. That being that even though the holidays are over, scammers are still very much hard at work. You'll hear about some of the latest ones and more ways to keep you and your family safe. IMPD's acting chief of police and the BBB of Indianapolis both in our second hour. Right now in our first hour, we're going to open the lines 317-972-3008. Um, Before we get to that, though, uh, and the calls, uh, and we're going to talk about the King Holiday Weekend, before we get to all of that, I'd like to congratulate all of the Indianapolis Recorder and Indiana Minority Business Magazine's Champions of Diversity Award winners. Those who were honored are considered the best of the best throughout the state of Indiana in the areas of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and more, including our very own Radio 1 Regional VP, Dion Levingston, who was given the Amos Brown Community Advocate Award. A round of applause for Dion, if you will. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. And, and, and speaking of which, we are honored today to have the awardee, Dion, sitting right here with us in the studio, high atop Monument Circle. Dion, first of all, in all seriousness, congratulations uh, on the award. Uh, Friday night was a really uh, lovely evening, and you know what? We just beat the weather, too, that was just <laughs> getting ready to, to come down on us. I we thought just it, beat it. I thought it was an incredible night. Um, before we talk about um, mm. how incredible Friday night it was, uh, everybody, please write down, do better than me, and write down the new listener line that took dial in because I knew the old line by mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. And during Unity in the City, um, the question was, what do Americans crave the most, right? And I'm dialing the old number and nobody's answering. And then I realized <laughs> uh-huh. at some point it's the old number, so I text um, uh, I text uh pastor doing the thing going French fries, and I still don't believe that more people crave hamburgers and French fries. So I told him we're going to have to check on that study. But okay, anyway, uh, uh, it was the top uh, 10 things Americans crave, right? And he was counting them down, and nobody was answering the line. I'm getting mad. I'm like, how y'all saying people calling in? I'm calling in, ain't nobody <laughs> answering. And then after a couple minutes, I realized I'm calling the wrong number. Okay. So then I text him, and he's like, French fries was like number two. Like it was 83, 84, something like that. Number one was like hamburgers at like 85. And I, and I called mm. him, I'm like, 
yo, there's too many people who are vegans and all this other stuff to make me believe people crave hamburgers, hamburgers more than French fries. But yeah. so I went and bought some French fries in protest um, <laughs> from McDonald's right then and there. So um, yeah. So yeah. So three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight is our new yeah. listener line. Lock that for in. Praise AM thirteen ten three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. There you go. So to um, to Robert and to mm-hmm. um, everyone. Um, uh, who put it on to the recorder mm-hmm. and to just to everyone. It was just a tremendous night. It always is though. I mean, it really and it's is. interesting because you think about this when Ricky um, really launched everything. Ricky Clark. Um, and it was like a luncheon or reception or something originally when Ricky did it years ago as I date mm-hmm. myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now to be like 2000 people in a room at the JW Marriott, that is just, and it's a motivating and inspiring night. And, um, for me personally, um, I misunderstood, um, Rob when he contacted me and said I'd won the award. I thought the station won the award. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so you want to comment from the station? He goes, no, you won. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, and the winning award, um, the first inaugural award after Amos is just mm-hmm. so, I mean, Amos yeah. was such an intricate part of our community and did so many things in our community. And to, and to have a community award named after Amos, I'm very, very... And Ovita gave it to me, Amos's sister. Um, and I was just very, very, very honored to get the award. And just yeah. to be and on that podium afterwards with the people who won and the caliber of people who won and the mm-hmm. caliber of people in that room... It's just truly amazing and humbled, humbling to me. So I, yeah. I just look forward and just I, I thank everybody for that night. And um, and you said my mom, my my mom was there. My mom is eighty five this year, mm-hmm. and um, and she had a good time that night. And, we all um, had a good time that night because your mom was at the table. <laughs> my mom can be very entertaining. So, yes, um, but it was. It, I, I just applaud Robert and I applaud the team and um, and I just thank um, I thank everybody. I. I really, um, I said it um, Mm -hmm. to people here and stuff, I really take and thank my family, Mm -hmm. um, my son, my wife, my daughter, and to everybody who's out there doing things in the community, you realize how much time it takes away from your family time Mm -hmm. when you're out there doing things and without the support of your family members. As Mm -hmm. you're doing that, it's impossible to do that because it takes away from a lot of your family time to be out there doing things in the community. But to have a bigger vision of what you're supposed to do and how we, these stations impact the community in so many ways. And I've said it before in here these stations have won every single award given on the state and local, I mean, local, state, and national level for service as mm. far as uh, media entities. We we have won every single award given and several of them multiple times for community service through all of our brands. And that's just amazing. It really is. And to be part of this amazing class of winners too, Dion, so very impressive um, and and such an honor for you and and you represent the station so we feel like the station did you know we had a great uh, the station the, the station was there we the had station one I I, yeah. I take nothing that's me but, I mean the station one and uh, um 
And I just get to be that person that's the steward that gets to stand up there and make sure we're we're doing what we're supposed to do in the community. You know, Dion, I feel that these are these awards are more important now than ever because 100%. of the the attack uh, from the nation's highest court all the way down to uh, anything pertaining to diversity, equity, and inclusion, college admissions based on race, 100%. all of those things. So this this brings even more importance well, and it, it underscores Diversity even more. has become a negative buzzword, which yeah. is amazing to mm-hmm. me, especially in the city of Indianapolis. If you've ever been in a room with me five minutes, you heard me say this. Um, the city of Indianapolis is one of the most diverse places you're gonna mm-hmm. you're ever going to attend as far as a city or be as far as a city. I mean, we have an emerging um, Latino population. Um, we have a, a, a fastly becoming more affluent African-American cop- population. We have our general market population. And you have, and luckily because of the brands we own, I get to come in and out of all mm. three pools, mm. right? So I get to be in the, 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 the difference of the room I'm in in any given day is drastic because we have nine brands and 50% of the radio market in this market. So we have everything from conservative talk to the gospel station I'm on, from um, hip-hop to country. So mm-hmm. I, I get to see a, a, a diverse amount of businesses and a diverse amount of people. And I'm telling you right now, the number one thing that if you're a business owner, you need to realize in the city of Indianapolis, there are dollars in diversity. Mm-hmm. You don't just do diversity because it feels right. You should do it because it feels right. <laughs> you should do it because it feels right. But if you're a business owner, you don't just embrace diversity because it feels right. You embrace diversity because it's your future. Yeah. It's where Indianapolis is going. And if you don't realize this is your future, you're going to be on the side of the road looking at it mm-hmm. as it passes you by. I would also say take some time to understand what diversity really is as you are embracing it. What? Because if if you're just, you know, looking at, at the looking top, at the the top yeah, like a facade, uh, you're going to fail. So it's uh, so and you it, have the unique advantage of so being able so to be. So it's so funny. People ask me all the yeah. time, and I'm in these businesses. We just want to know how we invite the Latino community into <laughs> our business, or how we invite the African American community. Oh, I said, you invite them. Mm-hmm. I said, you 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 invite them. You have mm-hmm. um, you 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 make them feel welcome to do business with you, and it's not hard treat that audience the same way you treat any other audience with the same level of respect and mm-hmm. honesty um, and trust for their dollars. It's not hard. Mm-mm. This is not hard to embrace diversity. It's not hard. I mean. But you have to understand what you're doing. Yeah. And and once you understand it, it's about, and I, I hate to keep using the same word, but it's about understanding differences and going from there. There are differences. Well, there are, and you, you need to understand them. But as you say, how are you going to start to understand the businesses if you don't start with the first step of inviting them, you, you, them you, in? You have to yeah. embrace, and, and the word belonging, because people use diverse inclusion, mm-hmm. diversity, equity, inclusion, mm-hmm. and belonging. Belonging mm-hmm. is a strong word. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to belong. I don't care what you do, where you're at. You want to feel like you've been invited and you belong you in belong. that room. Yeah. It's a very, to me, it's a very simple concept, but it's a very strong concept. Yeah, that was one of the most powerful speeches uh, as well. That was uh, at, tw- toward the very yeah, end. Yeah. Uh, she talked about that, um, you know, the belonging uh, and making sure that you keep, you have a seat at the table and that you keep your seat at the table. Um, uh, it was just, uh, uh, you know, just some of the things that some of the uh, the awardees were, were talking about. Um, were just beyond amazing. So it, it, it was, it was truly a great. Uplifting. It was truly a uplifting. great room. 
Um, thank you to the mm-hmm. recorder. Um, it was an excellent night as always. Um, and um, I just, mm-hmm. I'm very honored uh, to, to have the opportunity to represent the stations because I really feel like whatever award I get is just a representation of what the stations are already doing, what the stations continue to do, and we just have to continue to be a steward of it. Yeah, yeah. well, under your leadership, under your leadership, Dion, and and we certainly appreciate it. And again, uh, congratulations, and uh, going forward, uh, we, we got to keep this thing going and keep it alive and give Rob and the Indianapolis Recorder and the Indiana Minority Business Magazine all the support that we can for uh, keeping this thing going because it is under attack and we got to, we got to keep it going. 100%. And I just thank you for letting me, um, well, actually you didn't let me come in. You grabbed me in the hallway <laughs> when I was going to lunch saying you're going to come on at one o'clock. So <laughs> I, I asked nicely. I did. did you? Yeah, I did. I think I did. I tried to. Anyway. I thought you said go into the studio at <laughs> one o'clock and be on the air. So Dion knows I didn't do that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Dion, and congratulations. All right. Thank y'all. Thanks again. And again, our our listener line, our brand new listener line, we want you to lock it in. We want you to remember it. We want you to put it in your phones. We want you to just understand that this is the new number that you are welcome to. We want you to call it 317-972-3008-317-972-3008. So again, a, a, a great night down there at the JW. Uh, where we had just escaped uh, the foul weather that was settling in. So I'm hoping that everyone um, is safe and warm because the weather is here for a while. It looks like it's going to stay. The temperatures the past few days have been brutal. Uh, Sub-zero wind chills. Several schools were either closed or are operating on two-hour delays today. Uh, Other organizations are closed or delayed, operating on delays as well. Uh, And it looks like this weather pattern is going to stick around for at least the rest of the week and possibly... Uh, beyond uh, with some snow added in uh, don't know about that you know we're still a few days away from that but again uh, I hope everyone is safe and warm and stays that way until the brutal temps and the snow uh, let up but it's winter in Indiana and hey what do you say uh, I was AJ I was just telling you that uh, right before I went on the air my brother who's uh, in Mississippi right now um, called and he said Tina you're not going to believe how how people are acting down here. And I was like, I'll talk to you later. Get ready to go on the show. But <laughs> having lived down south for a brief amount of time, a couple of a few years I lived down there, I, I get what he's talking about. And it's it's kind of foreign to those of us who are used to salt, snow removal equipment, cold weather, temperatures. But if you're not used to it, 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 it can freak you out. And yeah. that's what he was talking about. That He said, Tina, they're freaking out down here. Because uh, it's, it's getting ready to get ugly. Yeah, it must be a culture shock for him. I can only imagine. I I wish I could mm-hmm. say the same. I yeah. wish I could say the same. Unfortunately, <laughs> we've been up here for a long time. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> well, we're coming off the King holiday long weekend. So, again, I hope everyone had a restful and productive holiday weekend. Hopefully, uh, the weather didn't impact too many of the observances. I hadn't heard very much, AJ, that it did. or I, I don't know. But anyway... But some of those observances were held uh, in advance of uh, yesterday. <clears throat> excuse me, yesterday's actual holiday. So uh, there was that. Um, so a lot of things uh, have taken place uh, since we were last here on Friday, uh, including just just recently uh, the long-awaited um, Iowa caucuses uh, were held last night, and uh, yeah. We'll we'll talk about those. Uh, looks like we have a caller. AJ Sharon wants to talk about the weather. Hi Sharon, how are you? 
Well, Happy New Year, Tina. I haven't talked to you this New Year, so Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you, Sharon. <laughs> and I had a comment about, I lived in Mississippi. It's a little town called Amory, Mississippi. I lived there in, in the early 80s. Okay, okay. And one year it snowed. I mean, it didn't even really snow, snow, just like a little <laughs> dust in the snow. Uh, uh-huh. And the whole town almost shut down. Uh-huh. Well, you know, they don't have snow plows. No. Because they're not used to snow, so... I'm like, dog, if y'all seen the real snow, what would y'all do? Because the whole town almost shut down for little sprinkles of snow. But, yeah, well, so I've been there, and I understand that part. Well, that's what my brother was saying. He's in Jackson right now. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. he's he's getting ready to move, but he's in Jackson right now, and he says that every he said Tina is like a ghost town down here, and I can't imagine that Jackson. I, <laughs> I can't imagine that they're getting anything measurable or whatever. But again, they're ill-equipped to handle what we deal with every year, every day. Um, a cousin of mine in Dallas, his son was up here visiting and uh, visiting some of their Indiana relatives, and he said, Dad, how did you all grow up in this weather? Because his son grew up <laughs> down in Texas. And he said, hey, we just dealt with it, got up, went out, do what you do. So um, his son was having a little culture shock, too, having you know been born and raised in Dallas. Exactly. But, but it, it, it's all it's all a lot of fun. But uh, I, you know, I lived in Chattanooga, and the, the problem oh, there, wow. yeah, the problem there, was not necessarily snow as much because it seemed to be right along most weather lines. I don't know what that was, but what they would get would be the dangerous ice, and that is worse. Oh wow! That's yeah, worse. because of the power outages and the slick road, and nobody knows they they barely knew how to drive in the rain. But with, you know, with ice, I don't know what people were thinking. And they would put at the time when I was there. I'm, I'm sure they they've cleaned it up, but they would put sand. Uh, down oh, on the wow. road, yeah, not salt or whatever. Yeah, but they do that here sometimes too. Another thing I want to say, I couldn't believe when I was to the news this morning how many of those people in Iowa, wherever that, supported Donald Trump. I said that is terrible. And then the lady got to reading out what he has done for this country. I'm like, oh my God, the man well, wants to turn this country to a uh, like Russia, he wanted to be a dictator. That's what he is. But you know what? Here's the thing, and this is what a, I, I think that I don't know if the news media has done as good of a job as they should be doing uh, at putting that in perspective. Yes, he, you know, as far as the GOP, as far as Republicans are concerned, yes, he won. But only oh, 14 percent, only 14 percent of p- eligible people in the state of Iowa vote. So they only had a 14 percent turnout. The other thing, oh, wow. yeah, they only had a 14% turnout. And even though he convincingly beat Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley in that order, 51% of all of the GOP voters in Iowa, 51% of that 14%, that caucus, that's not exactly a sign of strength for a general election okay. candidate, you know, for somebody that's going to be in the general election. So, yes. Take Iowa. Iowa is not representative of uh, of the rest of the country. Iowa is just not is just not. And so I think that there might have been some. Wow. Look, he skunked uh, Ramaswamy, who dropped out. He skunked Nikki Haley. He skunked uh, Ron DeSantis. But yet and still, he's basically a former president. And all he could muster was 14 percent turnout and only 51 percent and only 51 percent of those who did turn out voted for him. 
He should have oh, been higher. Yeah, he. Wow. They, they're, I, that's why I said I think they're not doing as good of a job. They, they you know, they go for the wow factor, and, and you know, and how he's beating his. I, I just don't think it's news anymore that he's going to be the the Republican nominee. Uh, I think what they need exactly. to start what they need to start looking at is how, as the presumptive Republican nominee, is he going to fare uh, in a general election with all of this? He's in court right now. You know, he he didn't even go to New Hampshire the day after an Iowa win because he had to go to court. He's a criminal. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, He's already been found liable. You know what, mm -hmm. Tina? I think that man got three. If you shave that fronty-looking hair of his, I bet you got three sixes in the back of his head. (laughs) You have a blessed day. All right. You too, Sharon. Thank you so much. And happy new year to you again. 317-972-3008. Yeah, the Iowa caucuses happened last night. And um, it it was just, I I don't know if it was the weather or whatever, but it was extremely low voter turnout. And um, uh, with Trump getting 51% of those that did turn out, I don't know. I mean, this is Trump country, and he won all but one county, all but the county, Johnson County, Iowa, I do believe. So he may have had his sway. But if you've only got 14% of all the entire 92 counties, only 14% of all eligible voters voting, I don't know that I would call that uh, convincing. Uh, You can say what you want to say. But Trump, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Trump's got a long way to go. Uh, past uh, Iowa, and and he's got. A, there's a lot that has to be translated into um, general election, and a lot more people that are going to start paying attention, other than Republicans. I mean, these Republican primaries. Uh, I think that the hype is there uh, as far as the media is concerned, because um, I think the media narrative is that this this man that has all these indictments and blah 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 is likely to head. Uh, a party. Well, he is going to head the party. He's going to head his own. You know, the GOP is not the GOP. It's the MAGA party. So I again, I don't know why all of the, you know, what's all the ooh, ooh, Trump. Uh, yeah, whatever. So anyway, uh, 317-972-3008, 317-972-3008. Anonymous, go ahead. Yes. Happy New Year. <coughs> Happy New Year. First-time caller, long-time listener. Oh, thank you. Don't make it your last time calling. We want to hear from you. (laughs) I wanted to thank you for putting it out there that the news media did not, you know, they didn't give enough information because I'm former military, and I was actually thinking, what kind of country have I served Mm -hmm. to let this man who has, all of this drama behind his name Mm -hmm. when a whole state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you put it in this perspective of 14%, that's not a lot. Mm -mm. But, you know, but here's... It just tells me that there's still a couple... um, There's still hope for humanity is what I say. There's still hope for humanity. But but I do understand and I do get it. I get it. And it is... He won. Okay, and he won almost 91 out of 92 counties. He won. It was convincing, even though there was only 14% turnout. I mean, 
Hey, Hawk said we had what twenty one or twenty no twenty six percent turnout for our primary, and Hawk said one you know only twenty basically a fourth of those eligible to vote. But a win is a win, so I get that you know so that that's yeah. what he gets to put in his hip pocket. So, but I can't say that that's representative of all of America when it comes down to it, and it will come down to all of America. We'll see. Uh, that's representative of, of Iowa, and I'm not quite sure it's representative of all of Iowa. Of only 14% came out, and only 51% of that 14% voted for Trump. I'm not sure right. that even all people in Iowa want to be labeled that way. But Iowa in and of itself, which is, what, 89 or 90% white? Iowa is not yes. representative of the other 49 states here in the United States either. So I, I say all of that to say, look. He's gonna There's win, you know. He's he's gonna win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's he, yeah he is. But he's gonna win some stuff, and so let, let, you know. And the, the 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 Republicans are gonna have to deal with it. Win, loser. They're gonna have to deal with it. But um, that, there's still hope, is what I'm saying. There's still hope. Yes. For humanity. Yes. So, but he's gonna win some thank stuff. You. All right. Well, thank you for taking my call. You guys have a blessed day. All right. You too. Thank you. Uh huh. Three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. Mr. Russell, how are you? Hey, hey, Tina, have you thawed out? Uh, you know what? Never got chilled. <laughs> I stayed. <laughs> I stayed pretty warm. I stayed pretty warm. How about you? Or did you well, that, get? Did well, you get that's chilled? A, that's a that's a good thing, I guess. If you can stay warm. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Winter time is definitely here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just wanted to uh, mention that uh, I don't know if how many people saw this on the View yesterday. I think it was, uh, but uh, Yusef Salam, who is one of the so-called uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Central York, Park, yeah, Central, Central Park, Park Five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's now a city councilman yes. in New York, yes, you know, yes. and not only that, but, you know, they, they were asking him about uh, how he felt about Donald Trump. And he's, he, he he really surprised a lot of people, I think, because he said he, you know, he basically said uh, he's doing his thing and uh, let him do his thing. And I'm not worried about that, because if I could worry about him, I can't do what I'm supposed to do. I mean, it was it was really uh, outstanding uh, mm-hmm. uh, comment, I thought, for this mm-hmm. young man to make after all he had been through, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I think if if the media concentrates on those kinds of things, you know, I think that'll be wise because, uh, you know, a lot I of times yeah. people go for the sensation a they lot do. of times. They and do. The, yeah, yeah and, and the little shark quips. And, you know, this is really dangerous to do that because, uh, you know, I think, we we have to start looking closer at what's happening mm-hmm. and pay attention because number one, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, I think it was like fourteen percent of our uh, Republicans turn out, but keep in mind that this is the Republicans. This is not the Democrats. Because, exactly. That's what I was saying. This is GOP. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This the is Democrats just... in Iowa were the ones that uh, brought Barack Obama. You know, they're the ones that really they delivered him. They delivered yeah. and gave him his. Uh, they catapulted him into the presidency for the most part. Yes, they did. Absolutely. So I think people need to look closer and 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 pay attention to these things because uh, a lot of times, uh, as what what I think is happening in Congress now, you have uh, 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 the Republicans basically control the House of Representatives by a slim margin, 
But, you know, look at what they're doing with that slim margin. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if they can get the news media to concentrate on what they're doing, Nothing. you know, they have a bigger footprint, mm-hmm. so to speak. So they really would. Yeah. I, I think that's important to definitely look close at what's happening to these things. Uh, this is just a GOP yeah. uh, primary. Yeah. And, you know, you, you got the Democratic primary probably being warmer weather now. <laughs> Right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It definitely. Will. But you know what? It like I said, it's time for to stop acting like anybody else could possibly be the GOP nominee uh, other than Donald Trump. There is no one else. And you know that all of this coverage, looking and thinking and and crunching numbers and uh, doing the the number gymnastics and all kinds of other stuff that this could happen and that could no. I mean, it just kind of. It, I don't know. I just think the whole thing should be played down a little bit more than was. It's played up too much for me. So. And and then another thing, you know, a lot of people look at the so-called polls and the numbers, but what you need to look at, I think, is the people like uh, the labor unions. What are that? What are mm-hmm. they doing? You mm-hmm. know, look mm-hmm. at the uh, the. Uh, Elon Musk, so mm-hmm. to speak, that mm-hmm. that corporate uh, uh, piece. What are they doing? Who are they voting for? That's what you got to look at because these are the people that are pulling the strings and uh, yeah. behind a lot of this, this, you know, craziness True. going on. Because they, you know, they they the the things that they want to look at is is uh, things like the uh, uh, the the gas situation, the the oil industry. There's a lot of money in those industries, and when you know, you have uh, one party talking about, well, we're going forward. We're going to try to uh, decrease the um, footprint of the oil and gas mm-hmm. industry and, uh, you know, try to move to uh, uh, global uh, climate yeah. and yeah. global warming and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. You know, you cause a lot of consternation to people who have a big investment in the oil and gas industry, for an example. You know, so you got to look at all of that. Another thing I think people need to look at is this border situation, the southern border of the U.S. Mm. This is Congress's responsibility, but the way uh, the GOP is playing it, they're trying to put the blame on on, uh, the Biden administration. And the Biden administration, uh, you know, they have been in the forefront in terms of trying to control that situation. Uh, because at the, at the same time you have all these world refugees, it's not just the United States that's taking in people. It's, it's the other countries in the West too that mm-hmm. have relatively stable governments where these refugees are trying to be safe. And you can understand people want to be safe; they want to live safely, mm-hmm. you know, around the world. And but you have to have a way to to deal with that. You have to have a program to deal with that. And if, mm-hmm. for instance, the GOP-controlled Congress won't put forth the resources to try to control it and then blame uh, the administration for not controlling this. You get, you have to really look at that, I think. Yeah, you're right, Mr. Russell. And, and thank you for, for your call. I, GOP led, uh, especially uh, house of representatives. They're not interested in, uh, they're not interested in legislating or, or governing. They're interested in obstructing uh, in saying no. Uh, Pierre, go ahead. How are you? Hello. Yes. Hello. Yes. Yes. How are you? Uh, yeah. Um. I'm doing great. Thanks for taking my call, Tina. Um. I know you, you mentioned your brother lived in Jackson, Mississippi. Um. I just wanted to say, uh, let's pray for them because they still don't have that water situation resolved, mm. and um, that's just really 
that's sickening. Um, but um, I wanted to uh, talk real quickly about um, Michigan and Jim Clyburn's um, uh, belief that uh, he's concerned about uh, Democratic support for Joe Biden going into this election. And, um, you know, here we are. We're what, what, 10 months away, 11 months away to the election? And um, President Biden, we, we're looking at losing Michigan um, because of uh, dissatisfaction with the Arab vote up there, um, dissatisfaction with the uh, African-American vote. Um, and in my opinion, uh, President Biden's making the same mistakes that Hillary Clinton made in 2016, and that's essentially ignoring the election or taking them for granted. And, you know, people are mad, and they don't vote uh, logically when they're mad. They'll just sit at home or they'll not vote. Mm. And um, we've got the numbers. We actually won the election in 2016, Mm. uh, in my opinion. But that election was stolen through the cross-check program that uh, the Democrats never talked about fraudulent voting machines in Detroit and all kinds of things. And then, you know, uh, we had problems in Wisconsin. So, you know, uh, President Biden uh, needs to make a hard pivot. And um, he he needs to get up there to Michigan and and talk to those folks. He needs to do something about the the Palestinians and, um, and bringing them some relief in Gaza. Um, and I disagree with the last caller. Uh, this immigration mess is on President Biden's hand, and he's not doing enough. I don't even think he's been to the border yet. He needs to go. He needs to physically be seen down there. But Pierre, let me let me ask you a quick. Don't you find it interesting that the by the uh, the border only becomes uh, a critical issue during elections? What you know when we were you know when they were talking about the march toward uh, the, the the border everybody you know they're coming in masses they're all coming here they come right uh, you know the southern border I mean it you know, immigration just seems to really become an issue uh, during ele- it's an issue year round but it just seems to well, have heightened importance around election time and I you know I understand what you're saying well, you know you you mentioned a whole 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 lot of things that are on the plate of the president of the United States and all of which I think he's tending you you did I mean all of those things are on the plate yeah. of the president of the United States I I think he's tending to each and every one of them and I do think in due time uh with the right people around him which I can't imagine that he wouldn't have I think he's going to get around to all of them but how you know where do you how can you I I, I don't know I mean the, I, we don't have a whole lot of time the elections in November uh, uh, Joe Biden and, and even the vice president they need to do a hard pivot on this immigration thing I mean you you talk about well what yeah, can you do what can you do when you're blocked Pierre how I mean how how do you yeah, get around and, blockade when no when somebody doesn't even want to figure out a solution yeah, they just want to say no. There are things that the president can do okay. by executive order. I, I know. Okay? I understand those, that. Those are things that he can do by executive order. Yeah. And then he can go down there. He can do just what his son did to Congress the other day. He can go get in their face and tell them, okay, I'm doing this, you know, what well, are you going to do? Let's see how it plays. Um, yeah, I see what you're saying, and we'll see how it uh, how everything plays out in the in the in the coming months uh, and weeks ahead. 
Uh, you know, Pierre went down a long list there. We Hey, we got to get to a quick, quick, quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with more. More of your calls, 317-972-3008. 317-972-3008. Let's get back to the conversation. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection, 317-972-3008, 317-972-3008. Jeff, go ahead. How are you? Do you have Jim, a good how week? How you doing? I'm good. Do you have a good weekend? Oh, yeah. Just watch a lot of football and uh, go Lions <laughs> and go Bills. There you go. There you go. All right. Yeah, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for Buffalo and Detroit. I'm really happy for the Detroit Lions. I know mm-hmm. my cousin, I know he's up in Detroit. I know he's real Mm-hmm. happy because they've been down for so long so it's really I, I think that's the feel-good story of the season the Detroit Lions so um oh and you know what really made my day Tina I am now a Green Bay Packers fan uh-huh mm-hmm. they put a real hurting on those you know who <laughs> they got man they got man and just to see Jerry Jones expression on his face I, it just well I just you know wanted to throw a party and uh Fight some friends. Just, just, just look at the, the expression on Jerry Jones's face. So priceless, wasn't it? It was priceless, you know. And I, I just, I, I, I got no use for the Cowboys. I really don't. Mm-hmm. As a Washington guy, I don't. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I was watching Joy Reid the other night on uh, MSNBC, mm-hmm. and she brought up a really interesting story. I don't know if you heard about it or not, but Vivek Ramasamy, you know, you, well, you know, he, he's out to race now, and. He goes in all these suburban areas and and these counties in Iowa, mm-hmm. and him and his wife didn't get a warm welcome. Mm-hmm. And people are asking him like, "Who are you? Where are you from? And well, what you know? What's your religion?" And once he told them that you know he was Hindu, they were like, "Oh, okay." I mean, these are GOP voters now. These are MAGA Republicans, and he's really hard to reach out to MAGA Republicans, but he just didn't get a warm reception. Why do you think that is, Tina? I don't know, Jeff. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, he's not exactly uh, uh, politically correct. He's maybe not waspy enough. You know, he, uh, yeah. he's what they call the other, I believe, well, he's out of the you race know, now. He's out of the race he, now. He's yeah, suspended he's out of the his race. campaign after Iowa. Well, the reason I, and Probably the reason should I have done it a long time ago. Yeah. Long time ago. He's basically a grifter and a mm-hmm. and a clown, basically. And uh, he's one of those uh, people of color that just feel like if they carry the water for white supremacy, that they will get some kind of a pat on the back, you know, like Candace Owens and Jason Whitlock. And, and, and Vinogram says he's some very – you know, he's one of those three that got, you know, he, he he made some comments about the Civil War and, you know, and basically, and Nikki Haley's the same way, you know. Cause, and the reason I bring this up is because these people, people like from Asia and mm-hmm. Latin America, you know, uh, who are basically treated as secular, and still are. And and they, basically they're riding the coattails of black folks because of the Civil Rights Movement. And these are the same people who are trying to undercut affirmative action and all that these major universities. These same people of color who think that, you know, if they come after black folks, that somehow, you know, uh, the man will give them a, a, a bit of a pass. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe Mr. Ramasamy will, you know, have a bit of a wake-up call. I doubt it. But anyway, uh, 
they just let him know that uh, you ain't one of us, Mister. You know, yeah, you may have an R behind your name, but you ain't one of us. Yeah, so I I don't feel a bit sorry for him. Just like I don't feel sorry for none of these Negroes. They want to hang out with white supremacists, and 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 and, and you know what, Gina? You know, and these white evangelicals, we already knew, but they really think that Donald Trump was sent by God. They showed this commercial where they were quoting scriptures and say that. He's ordered that Donald Trump, a man who cheated on all of his wives, been accused by multiple women of sexual assault and various other things, uh, a crook, a thief, and he has somehow been sent by God. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know what? Um, yeah, they, that's true. <laughs> that's been true. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, that's a sad reality uh, that we have to figure out how to navigate uh, going forward. Uh, Steve, go ahead. How are you? Hello, Tina. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Um, I just want to say this real quick, and hopefully there's others may see this. Mm-hmm. I have one of those wandering minds. Um, yes, it's true that um, president need to visit the border and be seen visiting the border. Even if he come up, him and the party, comes up with a mm-hmm. solution that doesn't cost anybody anything and mm-hmm. get perfect straight A's across the board. They will turn it down. They won't approve it. They'll vote against it. And the reason why is that's the only leg they have left to fight. Exactly. Stand on exactly. Because they don't have, they can't fight on abortion. Mm-hmm. They can't fight mm-hmm. on the economy. Mm-hmm. They can't fight on foreign affairs. So that's they it. have nothing to fight with if, and, and that's why they're going to hold that border that, uh, until somebody from their party say something or until yeah. it just wither away and they finally get to be the one to say, look what we've done. Yeah, that's true. Very true. And like I said, they, they're not interested in solutions. They're not interested in governing. They're not interested in anything. They're only interested in saying no and, like you say, trying to hold uh, hold uh, the you know the administration captive until they can figure out a way to leverage what they want. Um, yeah, it's, it's, right. it's, it's, it's right. true. It's true. Um, and then, you know, the other guy, the mascot for the circus, he has no political fight in him. He's just full of hate, and that's all he's demonstrating is hate. And uh, he's pretty much like Aaron and, and, and the angry people in um, build a cast, uh, a golden mm-hmm. bull, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> that's it. There you go. All right, thanks. All righty, thank you, Steve. Hey, um, on another note, AJ, uh, it's award season. Uh, usually uh, right after the new year, we hear about all the awards. The Globes usually kicks it off, Golden Globes. Uh, well, last night it was the Emmy Awards. And um, as you very well know, because you work here too, <laughs> black radio blew up, uh, social media blew up. Anyway, Niecy Nash won for her role as Glenda Cleveland in the Netflix limited series Dahmer, uh, Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Well, she got social media she set social media on fire as i was saying uh with her acceptance speech uh which i don't know if we've ever heard an acceptance speech like niecy nash's before and again it blew up everywhere all over social media where uh she thanked herself uh i want to play it for you guys because it's uh it's, it's if you haven't already heard it i know most of you have but if you haven't uh take take a listen Most high for this divine moment. 
Thank you, Ryan Murphy, for seeing me. Evan Peters, I love you. Netflix, every single person who voted for me, thank you. My better half who picked me up when I was gutted from this work, thank you. And you know who I want to thank? I want to thank me. For believing in me and doing what they said I could not do. And I want to say to myself in front of all you beautiful people, go on, girl, with your bad self. You did that. Finally, I accept this award on behalf of every black and brown woman who has gone unheard yet over-policed, like Glenda Cleveland, like Sandra Bland, like Breonna Taylor. As an artist, my job is to speak true to power, and baby, I'm going to do it to the day I die. Mama, I won! Whoa, AJ, she got it all in there, didn't she? She really did. I thought she was going to start preaching for us. I did there. too. I did too. She got it all in there. She, uh, you know, saluted uh, the black, you know, and and, and the, uh, of course, the political, like the women who have been over police, the Breonna Taylors of the world, which, you know, is still, uh, there's still so much going on with that. I mean, Niecy was on it. Niecy Nash, the actress. And, you know, she's been in so many things. I, I, you know, I know this wasn't a lead role for her, but I, I remember her very, very clearly. She had a very strong presence in the old Bernie Mac show. Remember that? She played Bernie's sister. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what was, what was this? Anyway, she played Bernie Mac's sister and um, she was so good in that. She's just, she's just good in everything that she does. And this, uh, this limited series in Netflix uh, earned her an Emmy and she did earn it. And you know what? What, what do you think about somebody thanking them? So I, I think that that's, I, I thought that was good. I mean, it, it got a reaction. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. I think the only person I've heard do that before is Snoop Dogg. I, think I, I heard <laughs> okay. him say that before. Snoop did that? Yeah. I, I, I heard him that. say that before he got a lifetime achievement award and he was like, I want to thank myself. I, I heard <laughs> that, but he didn't go to the, to the, to the lengths that Nisi took it. Nisi definitely mm. Definitely raised it up another bar. Yeah, she did. And congratulations to her and to, to all of the, the winners at the Emmys uh, last night. You know, the writers and actors strike uh, postponed um, uh, one of the one of the ceremonies. Anyway, uh, they, they, they got it all together and uh, they're back on, on track and some of the shows are starting to pop up. And the awards was held last night. And again, congratulations uh, to Miss Niecy Nash and uh, hey, great acceptance speech. That one's going to go down as one of the best. Oh yeah, one of the best. So, uh, and AJ, as uh, you know, we we're talking about the King Holiday weekend and everything that transpired. Well, uh, as Jeff was saying, there was a whole lot of football, and I'm telling you, um, <laughs> some of the more notable contests. I was watching. I'm, I'm like Jeff. I'm a new fan of the Green Bay Packers now. Uh, I don't know if it's because they played so well or that they beat Dallas. I don't know, but. Uh, <laughs> it was it was definitely the play. I I the found play, myself I so at a weird pass as my 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 girlfriend came home while I was watching that game and uh-huh. she saw me rooting for the Packers and she knows I'm an avid Bears fan. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Are you are you rooting for the Packers? I'm like he's just so good. I can't I can't help it. Oh my goodness, wasn't he good? Wow, Jordan Love. Holy yeah, cow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, congratulations to our Radio One promotion Radio One Indie Promotions uh, director David Gray. His mm-hmm. Lions won. First time in 32 years. Yeah, they had the primetime game on Sunday night, and uh, they, they they it was close, though, because 
Uh, they they jumped out to an early lead, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, twenty one nothing. I think they got out yeah, to and yeah. ended twenty four twenty three. What a game! Yeah, that one was good. So that one that was a feel good contest. Uh, and again, Green Bay just just ran all over Dallas. Uh, the Eagles collapsed to the Buccaneers. Did anybody expect that one? I mean, I'm not a I'm not a sports person, but I thought that the Eagles would have been in that game. The Eagles have been good all year until they weren't. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the, the Eagles ran into a lot of injury problems. I have a few friends that are uh-huh. really tough Eagle fans, and they've they've been talking about it for the last few weeks. They're not happy with Coach Sirianni. I don't mm. know if that's if that's echoed throughout their fan base or if that's just that one particular group. But they've yeah. not been happy with Sirianni. And they, they chalked it up to a lot of the injuries that they've had. But yeah. they kind of saw it coming. The writing on the wall, Baker Mayfield played a good enough game to get them out of there. And, man, you hate to see it because you thought they'd go a little further. But yeah. mm. got to be careful with, with making fun of those Cowboy fans. They they got on the Cowboys the night before and then yeah, karma. There go. <laughs> karma came around. Yeah, karma came around. And then, you know, of course, we all know the Texans just, just walked all over the Browns. Yeah. We all know about that one. Yeah, C.J. Stroud. Uh, wow. C.J. Stroud is the C.J. Stroud show. Um, and it, it, you know what? I know this is probably selfish, but in a lot of ways, that performance took some of the sting out of their beating us. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that because if they yeah. would have lost, you always think, "Ah, oh, man, if only we were there, we would have mm-hmm, won." Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know the, that the Browns' defense is a very good defense, and I just don't know if Gardner Minshew could have done what CJ did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I thought that the Steelers were back on track, but looks like uh, the Bills took over and uh, you know took the Steelers out. I was kind of surprised at that one too. I thought there'd be a little bit more resistance from the Steelers. I thought it would be a tighter game as well, but, yeah, you know, not shocked again. Not shocked. The Steelers' offense has been Was that been their woeful. offense last night, though? Eh, a little bit. The defense was, was giving it up, but you got to you, you gotta give it to Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Every, mm-hmm. You know, they're when they connect, they connect, and it's hard to stop them. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, their offense, the Steelers' offense just isn't what it used to be anymore. <laughs> yeah. What well, isn't what it used to be Wait, But do they need a quarterback, you think? You know, I don't know. Mm, it's I'm hard to sure tell. I don't. I don't watch is. them enough yeah. to know. Um, but um, yeah, I, I just thought that they're you know they're Steelers. They're the Steelers, so you just expect a little bit more out of. And with Mike Tomlin uh, mm-hmm. being there at the helm, and of course the Chiefs. You know what do you say? You saw it coming. <laughs> you know you, you saw it coming. The but weather, you know what? Both, but game. but but both the Chiefs and the Steelers played in probably the worst conditions as far as cold and ice and yeah. uh, the field that you could ever ask for as far as football and. Made it seem seamless. I mean, I didn't notice that there was any difference in the game. Did you? Oh, in yeah, the games? for sure. Not, not really for the Chiefs because Patrick is is special. And he's, <laughs> he's figured out how to be able to throw the ball still in that inclement mm-hmm. weather. I don't know how he was doing that, but he did it. But you could just see the Dolphins did not have that, that ability at all. Tua looked lost out there. He's, oh, God, help him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't look good. I, I, don't, I don't know if I like their coach. McDaniel. He's very eccentric. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I believe in him. That's it. Maybe that's yeah, it. Yeah. He's, he just seems like they tried to do an Eric Spolster type thing and make the video guy mm-hmm. the head coach and mm-hmm. see if he was a genius and he's not. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't Who's know. Who's that other boy genius that's supposed to the one the guy from the ring? you were talking uh, about Josh him. McDaniels. Yeah, yeah. Supposedly <laughs> the boy genius under uh Belichick. He's not a boy genius. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> Uh, uh, he hasn't. He hasn't popped up anywhere yet. 
Not yet. Not yeah. yet. We'll see how this how this coaching thing shakes out. I mm-hmm. heard that Belichick or the Falcons asked for Belichick to interview or asked for permission to interview Belichick. No. Do you think he'd go to the Falcons? I don't. I have no idea why they would ask that question. Mm. It's I, I cannot see anything there for Bill Belichick if I feel like Belichick's going to go anywhere. It's going to be somewhere ready-made to win. Exactly. But, With all yeah. the pieces in place. After what he's been used to with yeah, Brady but, and everything. So so now the stage has been set. There are only eight. It looks like, what, Texans go to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Great game. That, one, <laughs> that one's going to be something. Great game. Uh, Baltimore, I don't know that Baltimore would have bad weather. I mean, it might be just a little cold, but up that way, off, off the coast, it might not be too bad. It shouldn't be. Yeah, it might not be too bad. Uh, what do you think? I don't know. C.J. Stroud against Lamar Jackson. Man, oh that, my gosh, that guy C.J. is Goodness. amazing. However, I I would be remiss <laughs> if I went against Baltimore's defense. So we're going to take Baltimore on that. You're going to take Baltimore, okay? The Chiefs go to Buffalo to play the Bills. This one could be tricky. Mahomes the, Allen three. Mahomes, what do you think? Allen three. What do you think? You know, I've been. I've been scorched by Josh Allen all year long (laughs) by believing in him, and I'm going to believe in him again. One more time. I think this is going to be a massive game for Gabe Davis. I think Stephon Diggs and Andy Reid likes to key in on top receivers. I think Gabe Davis has a great game, and they figure out how to crack that defense. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go over to the NFC. Uh, Green Bay goes to the 49ers. Green Bay goes to San Fran. You know, Save Jared Goff. The quarterbacks <laughs> that Cam Newton said were game managers are all out of the playoffs. Mm. That's a so, tough one. I don't want to go against Jordan Love. I'm going to take the Packers. I am too. I'm going to take the Packers. The 49ers should win, but I'm going to take the Packers. Yeah, sentimental choice. I'm, I'm just going to take them. I, not even sentimental. I think from what I saw <laughs> yeah. and, and that talent pool that they have there that they put out there on the field. Now, I think the 49ers they, defense is much better than Dallas's, but Mm, Green Bay's younger, quicker, shot, and they don't have no True. sense in the sense that they don't know they're supposed to be <laughs> Very losing. Much so. Very they much don't, so. and, and I, I meant that with all due respect. They don't know they're supposed to lose. They all they know is they're supposed to go out there and just play. Very so. true. That's a dangerous thing. Dangerous thing. So I know what David uh, David's going to. Haven't seen David today, but what David's going to pick the, the the final NFC game. Lions. Uh, oh, they hold the Lions get to host the Bucks, right? Yeah, Lions hosting the Bucks, and I'm. I'm definitely taking the lions in that game really yes no question asked. no questions asked wow. no questions asked i'm taking the lions in that game at home in ford field those fans are raucous and baker's gonna have uh he's gonna have a time trying to get mm. away from that front four hmm. cool okay okie dokie okie dokie well there you have it uh i'm not gonna hold you to any of them you'll just remember what you said when, <laughs> when we get back. let's uh we still have coming up we're going to be talking to the chief the interim chief uh of impd uh christopher bailey uh he is the interim chief but he says he will not be the chief he doesn't even want to be in contention so we're going to we're going to hear from him and the plans and the things that he has uh, been tasked with doing until a permanent chief uh, has been appointed by the mayor. So that's coming up at 2.30. And uh, coming up very shortly, the BBB of Indianapolis. Uh, they're going to be here to talk about some of the uh, some of the scams. I wanted to talk to, to Jennifer about one that my dad just called me about a couple of days ago. So that and more coming up. Uh, let's take a quick break right here, AJ, and we'll be right back with more right after this. The 
WTOC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection. Brought to you by Child Advocates. Your voice, their future. On Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And we're back with Community Connection. Tina Cosby here. Uh, On a cold, cold, cold I was going to say Monday, but Monday was yesterday. The King holiday today is Tuesday. I tell you what, these 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 holidays kind of get you off uh, off schedule a little bit because you come back and uh, you're just uh, getting into the groove of things uh, from being off for Christmas and New Year's and then King holiday and what have you. So, um, you know, we get right back uh, to a Monday off. And at all, you know what? I don't know about you. Does it throw your trash day off, AJ? Yeah, my my trash came today instead of yesterday. Mm. So they See, definitely threw me off. Of mine's that. supposed to be Thursday. It's going to be Friday now. I don't know. I don't know about that. Why do they do that? And sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I guess they need a day off, too. They need a day off, too. Yeah. So they just slide it a day. But what if you're what if what about the, uh, you know, the other day? They must do double on one day, right? I, somebody must get double. Somebody's got to get double. You got to double up. You got to do a Saturday or something. Yeah, I, I think they double up. I think they on Friday by the, by Friday if they don't have it all, they start real real early on Friday, so mm. it just kind of takes away from it. But uh, yeah, we are uh, you know hoping to speak with uh, the um, the BBB of Indianapolis uh, about some uh, some scams uh, that we have coming up, and um, we were also uh, just a quick recap. Uh, of the first hour, in case you missed it, first and foremost, our number, our new listener line, and I'm glad Dion said this. I'm glad he said I want people to remember it because I forget it. <laughs> and James has been saying the same thing. Tina, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember it too. I'm looking at it, uh, and um, it's it's going in. It's it's cementing into my head. But the number, our new listener line number three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight three one seven nine seven two Three zero zero eight three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. That is our new listener line. And for those who may not have known, um, we are opera we are broadcasting now out of our uh, Indianapolis South location here uh, on Monument Circle. And as such, when we transferred all of our broadcasting uh, operations here, we had to change our number mm-hmm. uh, from the old building. But you know what I'm wondering. Um. Yeah. If we, I don't, I don't know. If we ever move again, would we have to change our number again? If we ever move oh, again, man, I, I would hope not. I would, I would hope. hope I hope we'd we be keep able to keep it. Yeah. Transfer them. Yeah. I so. am really happy that Dion realized that he was dialing the wrong number because I, I was <laughs> operating that show. Oh, you were doing the show. <laughs> I sure was. And if oh. he would have been like, nobody's answering my phone, I would have. I, you know, that would have been the end of AJ. Gosh, no. Oh. <laughs> like that when I was here. You know, I wonder. I've never called the old number, uh, and I wonder if there is there a is there a message on the old number to say that the new number is now. You know, I'm not. That they would be a great to, idea. They it used to do that. Uh, some certain phone services used to do that. I I don't know that. I don't even know what our phone service is. Do you know what it is? Got me. No. Mm-hmm. no I idea. don't know. Uh, it's above I, my pay grade. <laughs> Mine too. Mine too. Three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. Three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. Three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. We um uh, have a new listener line, and I was explaining, uh, you know, when we moved our broadcast operations, just because of technical things that I don't know anything about. Nick can explain it 
uh, Nick's one of our engineers. Uh, we just had to change our number, and it's not bad. It's it's an easy one uh, once you know it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've caught on to it now. I've heard it so many times. I've caught it, and I'm like, uh-huh. you know, this isn't that bad. Yeah, yeah, not not too bad at all. Not too bad at all. So we talked about um, the Champions of Diversity um, Minority Biz Indiana Minority Business Magazine and the Indianapolis Recorder. Uh, they had the Champions of Diversity Dinner and Awards uh, Friday night at the JW Marriott. And like I was saying, Friday night was perfect because, uh, as Dion said, there were more than 1,000 people there in that ballroom. And we all got in and out uh, just as the weather was coming down because after Friday, you know, from Saturday on, uh, it was pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. It was It was pretty ugly just as far as temperatures are concerned. So... Um, never got, we, we haven't really had a lot of snow. Have you, can you remember when we've had a significant snowfall? It's been a few years since we've had a, a significant snowfall, at mm-hmm. least, at least two or three. Wow. It's been since about COVID. So uh, it seems like since the year that COVID hit, and that was the last time I remember having more than, you know, three or four inches on the ground at a time. Mm, I, boy, I can't remember. I, when I was younger, um, I remember, um, that we would have those, you know, up to your knees. Oh yeah, snowfalls uh, where you you're out of school for more almost a week, um, and I just can't re- recall in recent memory when we've had uh, one like that. Um, I don't know. Is it global warming? It must be. <laughs> I don't I was, know. I was just telling my daughter about that the other day in, in mm-hmm. 2011 when we had the blizzard in Chicago, mm-hmm. and we got, I believe it was 28 inches of snow in 26 hours. And what? it was yeah, it was ridiculous. And it's kept snowing from there. I think it was a total of about thirty six to thirty eight inches of snow over a two day period. But Ooh. most of it fell in one day. And all of our doors were packed up to snow about halfway. <laughs> Nobody can get out the house unless uh-huh. you jumped out of a window. It was crazy. It yeah, was crazy. Yeah. Everything was shut down. That was the only snow day I've ever had. Ever? Ever. Oh. Senior year of high school. Only snow day I ever had. How many days were you out of school? Two. And I was so happy I was a senior because I didn't have to make them up. (laughs) We used to get them all the time. Mm -hmm. We used to get snow days all the time. Sometimes we would get so many snow days that we would have to go a day or two longer uh, in the calendar year because they would not have allowed for that. But that's how much it used to snow. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they couldn't get the buses out. Couldn't get everything dug out in time. Couldn't get the roads, you know, because it was one of those, like you were saying, fast moving storms that, a whole bunch of dumps in one time, and so you have to have everybody Nothing off the road. You can do, yeah. But that's why all the old folks used to go, you know, when they would hear of a storm coming, they would go load up on eggs, milk, uh, everything that you possibly need once you're shut in. And that's called being snowed in. For sure. That's called really <laughs> being snowed in. There's a, there's just almost been no such thing as being snowed in now recently with removal equipment. Forecasting, I think, has been a key. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely can uh, atone it to that and the the adverse action that you can take for it just making sure that you can salt the grounds and mm-hmm. you got some yeah. some plows out yeah. there and it's it's so many plows and whatnot it's only the side streets that you see that yeah. are usually rough out here these days so yeah they're getting to it when also that they big global there. warming thing is it's real i think yeah i think so because I, I like i said i just can't remember and not that that's any indicator that i can't remember but i just can't recall in recent memory any a uh, significant amount of snow. Uh, I even sold, I mean, several years ago, I sold my snowblower. Now, part of the reason was that uh, it was too small. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, you know, it just it was more work than it was worth. <laughs> but I got rid of my snowblower. But uh, haven't needed one. Haven't even needed a snow shovel. And I don't uh, know how long. Not really. Not at all. Not so really. we talked We talked about the weather. We talked about the um, uh, the diversity, the 2024 Diversity Award winners, of which our very own Dion Levingston uh, was the first recipient of the newly created uh, Amos Brown Community Advocate Award. Uh, and I think that speaks for itself. Anybody that knows the station, that knows Amos, um, and uh, knows De- Dion advocates. He's, he he does a lot of self-deprecating humor, uh, but he's quite the advocate, and he does quite a bit. And I I say that in in all sincerity. Um, he's he's one of our biggest cheerleaders as far as everybody here. So again, congratulations to Dion. Um, and all of the other 19 award winners, there were there were 20 folks that were honored that night. Wow. 20 people. That were, and they got it all done. Uh, like he was saying, it was a beautiful event um, and, and, and very well attended. We talked about last night's uh, um, Iowa caucuses. Uh, have you ever, you know, here's the thing. I'm not so sure that people here, you know, because we, we here we have primaries. Right. Uh and I, they caucus. They caucus in Iowa. And so folks might ask, well, what is a caucus? And in a lot of ways, I guess it's best described as a bunch of folks sitting down at a table talking. You know, where they really talk. Uh, and then they come to a conclusion. And then that's their delegate. And then that's that's how the vote is done. Um, mm. It's an it's an interesting way. Uh, but some people say caucusing is more people feel more involved in the process when they're caucusing uh, because they feel like they have more of a say so before the vote, the final vote is, is cast Mm -hmm. as opposed to just casting your vote and, you know, uh, just casting your vote. Uh, They feel like they have more of a say so in the primary. So I, I, I can see it both ways, but it does seem a bit odd. There's been a lot of talk about doing away with caucusing uh, in certain places. So I can see that it seems a little, a little dated. It seems a little dated. <laughs> you it's, think? Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're, mm-hmm. you know. But I guess you know, we have to turn up voter turnout before we start yeah. talking about anything being dated. Fourteen yeah. percent is pitiful. Mm-hmm. We understand it was cold outside, but jeez, yeah. yeah. indeed, indeed. Well, the other thing we talked about last hour, um, and in case you didn't hear, we might be able to play it again. Uh, we, we 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 might be. Can we find mm-hmm. it again, yeah. AJ? Mm-hmm. Uh, we we talked about actress uh, actress Niecy Nash at the Emmys last night was awarded. Uh, the 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 statue. She won an Emmy uh, for her uh, role in the Netflix limited series uh, Dahmer. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, the, the series about Jeffrey. Did, did you see it, AJ? Oh no, I did not. I didn't even know that there was. Here's the problem I have, and and in watching the Emmys because there was another. There's another show uh, that uh, apparently was really good. It's called The Bear. It's a uh, yeah, on Hulu. On Hulu. I've never seen or even heard of it. There's I've heard so of it. many. Heard of it, but didn't I haven't turned it on yeah. to be completely honest. I don't watch many T V series. I you don't know, watch many you series. Know, series TV. No. There well with with so many streaming channels and everybody getting into that area, there's so much there was one I think that was I can't remember what channel it was on. I think it was Amazon and it may have been Amazon who Reservation Dogs. Reservoir uh, Dogs. Res, yeah, Reservation, Reservation Dogs. dogs. No, Reservation yeah, dogs. Reservation Dogs. Reservation Dogs the movie. Uh, Reservoir Dogs. But anyway, Reservation Dogs, it's about life on, on an Indian, a fictitious uh, Native American Indian reservation. And it, I thought it was absolutely excellent. Wow. Um, 
But I, you know, I haven't, you know, caught up to it because there's just so many. And like, if you don't have HBO or if you don't have um, some of the other premium channels, uh, you're you you don't know about all of these other, uh, you know, all of these other shows that are that are on. But anyway, I uh, I had heard during some of the other acceptance uh, speeches, and I saw that the bear. So I'm going to look the bear up. Uh, and I guess I'll look up uh, the Dahmer story to see Niecy Nash's performance uh, in the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Although I don't know what you, what more you could say about Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't know what part of the story. <laughs> yeah, you I don't could know tell. about that one either. But yeah, it, it, it's probably a very good watch. I, well, yeah. there's no probably about it. If it's winning awards yeah. like that, it's it's definitely a good watch. And yeah. the Bear, I uh, heard about it. I had a friend tell me about it. But if I'm not crazy, it's a uh, about a but restaurant, yeah, restaurant yeah. tier takes up. So, so let's uh, let's take a listen to Nisi's uh, Nisi's acceptance speech. I'm a winner, baby. Thank you to the Most High for this divine moment. Thank you, Ryan Murphy, for seeing me. Evan Peters, I love you. Netflix, every single person who voted for me, thank you. My better half who picked me up when I was gutted from this work, thank you. And you know who I want to thank? I want to thank me. For believing in me and doing what they said I could not do. And I want to say to myself in front of all you beautiful people, go on, girl, with your bad self. You did that. Finally, I accept this award on behalf of every black and brown woman who has gone unheard yet over-policed, like Glenda Cleveland, like Sandra Bland, like Breonna Taylor. As an artist, my job is to speak true to power, and baby, I'm going to do it to the day I die. Mama, I won! And so there was that. We had that in our first hour, and believe you me, it is. Uh, it was probably still blowing up all over uh, social media. Again, congratulations uh, to Nisi Nash. Uh, switching gears now, as we were telling you um, off the top of the show, uh, holidays are over, but the scammers take no holidays. They still are very much uh, active, very busy at work, and here to tell us more about how to stay safe uh, is Jennifer Adamani, Director of Communication for the BBB of Indianapolis. Jennifer, Happy New Year. Welcome back. How are you? I'm all right. I apologize. You know, this year has just been something <laughs> else so far. Uh, yes, it has, and no apologies necessary. We're just happy to happy to have you back with us. It 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 has been unreal. Uh, believe you me, it's been unreal. So, um, yeah, we, we you know, I was just talking the other day. My father called me uh, and said, hey, can you check something? He's 83. He said, can you check something for me? I said, yeah, what do you need me to check? He said, well, I just got a call from Publishers Clearinghouse, and they said that they've got a check coming for $82,000, and they wanted to know, uh, did I want to be on TV or did I want to have it private? And I'm, he said, and I think it's a scam because I used to work for the, you know, my father's a retired letter carrier for the post office, and he said that contests don't do that. You know, they notify you by signature and whatever. And he said, why don't you check them out? And so I did really quickly, and um, I call, I checked, and it said Publishers Clearinghouse never, ever, ever, ever calls you in advance. They notify you by mail, and if you somebody calls you in advance, hang up. So he called and reported it to the sheriff's department down there, and they said that that's a scam that was running through that whole area and what they do they bring they go they bring you the check 
have you cash the check, they pull it back out, and then you're on the you know on the hook for uh, whatever amount that they have the check for, and they, it's just uh, it's just a crazy scam. Luckily and thankfully, he was uh, he was alert enough and aware enough from you know his past occupation. Uh, but that's not one of the ones we're talking about. But I guess it's here, you know, just just to let everyone know, uh, they 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 don't take the day off. They don't take a holiday off. You know, they they certainly get more of our attention during the holidays because we're more aware. But they're out there. They are out there like there's no tomorrow. Absolutely. And uh, those sweepstakes or, or mm-hmm. contests are, are common. Um, and I think. The, the biggest red flag is if you did not enter into that lottery. He did not enter. Price. Yes, he did not enter. That's the, I don't know why I left that part out, but he said, why are they going to call me and give me money for something I didn't enter? Right. <laughs> and so as excited may be that you might have won a lot of money, if you mm-hmm. never put your name in the hat to begin with, mm-hmm. walk away. It's yeah. going gonna, gonna to be a scam. He wasn't excited. He was just like, how, he was just trying to figure out what the scam was. Because uh, yeah. he, he said he asked him, and they said, well, uh, loyal American Express card customers are automatically entered. And he said, I've never heard of that either. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> they, they have an answer for everything. So, But uh, the ones that you wanted to share with us, um, the uh, auction now that, you know, I'm, the auction scam, can, explain that for us. So, you know, auctions can be a good way to buy expensive things with good discounts. I know my husband and I will, will find some that we'll partake in, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. scammers love to offer a good deal um, to lure in unsuspecting victims. So this is where we've received reports of utilizing fake auctions to fish for people's information and for their, their money. So you might see an ad for an auction, whether it's for a car, motorhome, boat, big other ticket items, could be smaller ticket items too. And you go to the website, it looks legitimate. It may even say that they're affiliated with the government. So you go through the process, which is where you register to bid. You oh. see, um, you have to, sometimes they want your driver's license or other personal information ordered to register to bid. And you get to win that item. And it's a really great price. They give you instructions on how to pay, whether it's transferring money and whatnot, and you do that. And once you do that, they're either impossible to get hold of, you never get the item that you won, and instead you just lost money and lost and given your personal information over. So you got to be careful of for these auctions that you're participating in. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime you're giving money or information, you got to do your due diligence. So best practices as far as an auction. Well, you want to research the auction and the auctioneers before you're participating. So if they claim to be a government auction, reach out to that branch of government who's hosting it to make sure it's mm-hmm. legitimate. If it's a private auction, um, look into that company that's hosting it ahead of time. You want to find out, do they have a good reputation? Are they uh, properly licensed to conduct the auction? Um, things that you want just want to make sure what the policies are that they have. What are the terms and conditions? Find out whether there's entry fees if there's fees um that they because they have to cover their their expenses yeah what are the taxes what are the shipping costs Mm -hmm. um because a lot of times you'll you'll see scammers that try to hustle you out of these entry fees with pre-bid deposits or um and those entry fees are are something you want to be mindful of because typically i think auctions wouldn't have fees just to enter the auction so that's going to be a red Mm -hmm. flag and then scam or not Auctions can heighten your emotions. It can be really exciting when you're on the verge of winning or you're in a bidding war with someone. You don't want to 
run up that price more than you can afford it. So make sure you have a spending mm-hmm. limit and you stick to that because mm-hmm. you don't want to be in the hole if you can't afford it just to say that you want something. Mm-hmm. Um, and any time you have to, like I said, hand over that personal information, make sure they're a trusted website. You did that information because you certainly don't want to hand over information to a scammer who then no. can do a lot of different things with it. Yeah. Uh, Ozempic. A lot of chatter about the Ozempic uh, drug that apparently is really helpful with weight loss. And when you get into the weight loss area, boom, there you go. Yeah. And, you know, especially the beginning of the year, people want to lose weight. That's a common Mm -hmm. New Year's resolution. Mm -hmm. They want to be healthy. Ozempic or other types of this drug are really popular recently and we certainly see that when something popular comes about and and it's short in supply scammers are really quick to take advantage of that so we saw it for example during the pandemic with baby formula scams were were perpetuating related to that but now it's ozempic and so you might be looking online for a pharmacy that carries it and it points you to a website that claims to sell it at a reduced price um, you might find it through a web search, an ad, social media, whatever it may be. The website will claim that buying it is easy and you can save a good amount of money by doing it through them versus through a doctor. All you have to do is pay through a digital wallet app like Cash App Brazil. Mm-hmm. And then many of these type of websites won't even ask for a prescription before selling you the drug, um, making it seem easier. But hmm. that's going to be a red flag right there as well. And then there's there's. Um, versions of the scam where they claim that they encounter an issue once you purchase it. So it could be shipping it. Um, and so yeah. there's additional fees in order to get it to you. So, you or, or phony, uh, or, or phony tracking numbers. That's, that's phony another. tracking numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we talked about discrete shipping fees. So this might be mm-hmm. another example of that coming up. But um, regardless of me, the scheme with it, First, you don't want to buy any medication from a foreign country. No, uh, you want to make sure to it's FDA approved. Yeah. yeah, you want to stick with the pharmacy. Well, although, what about Canadian pharmacies? Because those are those have been deemed in in certain instances safe, right? A lot of people buy drugs from Canadian pharmacies. Yeah, I would consult with your physician on okay, that. Okay, okay, um, okay. Because I think too, just because you see Canadian and and it's approved. They there's ins and outs to it. There's fine prints. There's all these little things. So just uh-huh. cro- cross your T's, dot your eyes, check with your medical professional yeah. to, to see if they um, would recommend a Canadian pharmacy. But otherwise, I would stick with pharmacies in the country where you li- live. So here it's going to be the U.S. Um, I w- certainly would not buy any medication if it ha- requires a prescription from someone who doesn't request that prescription mm-hmm. um it's going to be a really huge indicator that you're dealing with a scammer even um if they are selling the drug and offering it without a prescription that's illegal to do if it's a prescription-based medication and you can buy it without getting a prescription that's illegal let's not engage with that um also you want to look out for those really low prices yeah. when it mm-hmm. could be expensive it kind of ask yourself why are they they offering it at such a low price. So it could be where it's a counterfeit product and you don't want to, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to medication, yeah. deal with something that's counterfeit or 
um, black mark or whatever, because if you're putting something into your body and you're not sure where it's coming from, mm-hmm. it can do more harm than good. Indeed, indeed. And finally, uh, buying from a televised shopping network. Wow. How do you find an imposter? So this one, it's interesting because um, it's kind of like crossing platforms. You have online television shopping network being seen on social media. So you might see where there's an ad being published associated with QVC, HSN, or any of those well-known shopping networks. It may even contain a video of um, an event with a host you recognize. And when you click on the link, it takes you to a website, and it's a, it looks official, um, but it's not. And so they, they hope yeah. the scammers are hoping that you don't realize you're landing on an unofficial website by distracting with amazing deals. So um, with this one, you just you want to – ensure that you're not on an imposter mm-hmm. site carefully look at the url look at the logo does it look like some low quality or maybe taken from somewhere else might be some misspellings i think it's really important to know how television shopping networks sell their items so for example if they don't sell anything through social media or online it's strictly through the television mm-hmm. keep scrolling when you see that on social media um just know that social media or scammers will use social media you trick consumers in a, in a variety of ways. So before yeah. you're clicking on an ad with the deal you're interested in, make sure the business and the offer are legitimate. Um, one way you can do that is by mm-hmm. conducting an internet search of the business name followed by complaints or the name with reviews or scam to see what pops up and see if other people have been cheated. Um, and if you find that's the case, walk away from it. Mm-hmm. And then like we often say, if it's too good to be true, keep your guard up. That's a uh, Mm-hmm. common tactics scammers will use to try to draw you in. So it's okay to be skeptical in these situations so you can be cautious and really think it through before you engage in making a purchase. Uh, and finally, Jennifer, a cautionary tale. Um, I was online the other day. Uh, there was a retailer, online retailer, that I don't know why. It just I just looked at it. said A-plus uh, rating with the Bitter Business Bureau. Looked it up tried to find it everywhere they did not exist so they're even advertising falsely that so i mean if somebody even says the better business bureau look them up to make sure that they're there don't just take the word for it i just kind of smiled i don't know why but some reason i'm like a plus how'd you get an a plus rating with the bbb uh this this website and lo and behold it wasn't anywhere to be found they just put that absolutely there. they um you know businesses they just put it there. that yeah. are fraudulent scammers like to throw that in there um, to Mm -hmm. add some legitimacy to it. And Mm -hmm. some businesses actually are, and they are accredited with the Better Business Bureau, but others are are not. And so even if they make that claim, check us out on BBB.org to see it for yourself. BBB.org, yeah. If they are accredited with us, they do have that rating, you will see it right then there when you look them up. So I'm glad that you looked it up because it's a great point. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you've taught me well. You've taught me well, Jennifer. You taught me well. So, <laughs> I, I just thought that that was pretty high, uh, pretty high cotton to be waiting in for that particular website. I'm like, what? And so, but anyway, like you say, yeah. even if they say that, look them up. Uh, and Scam Tracker is it ScamTracker.com? Actually, if you go to bbv.org, bbv.org/scamtracker. Okay, BBB. it'll take you where you can look up scams. You can report scams. Uh, all good information there. Tips to prevent scams. All at your fingertips. All righty. Jennifer, thank you. As always, thank you so very much. And we will be talking with you again soon. Uh, Stay warm out there, really. We really appreciate you calling in, talking with us today. You as well. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Mm -hmm. And we'll be back with more Community Connection right after this.
It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM, Indy's Inspiration Station. And we're back with Community Connection. And another reminder, and we'll just keep reminding until it uh, until it sets in our new number. Our new listener line is 317-972-3008, 317-972-3008. Our new listener line, 317-972-3008. Uh, as we were saying at the top of the show, our guest uh, for this segment uh, is none other than IMPD's uh, Chief Christopher Bailey. Chief Bailey is now... Uh, formerly the assistant chief, now the interim slash acting chief of police um, for the department. First, uh, chief, congratulations on the interim appointment. Uh, I understand that as you were appointed, you were handed a full plate uh, from the mayor. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. But yes, he, we, have, we have lots to do. Yeah. And the work never ends. Never ends. And, and you know, quite a bit for, uh, you know, for the, the interim position. And, and I've got a lot of questions to ask about that. But one of the things uh, that, that a couple of things that you were quite clear about uh, in accepting the the uh, the acting position, number one, uh, that you did not want to be considered for the permanent position. And number two, while you were in the acting position, you wanted to create and establish the strategic plan uh, as soon as possible. Can you elaborate on both those points for us, please? Yeah, at the, the time the mayor and I had discussions, uh, I, I told him that I was pulling my name from contention and and that, uh, you know, I would focus on moving things forward that needed to be moved forward while he uh, sorts through his process and, um, and, and names a, a permanent chief. But, yes, the strategic plan has been in the works for some time. We're waiting for one last proposal, but what that is is something that I don't know that this agency's ever had. And it's a it's a guidebook. It's a playbook for the future, and one that is going to be developed by all the stakeholders, the community, our our police officers, our professional staff, elected officials, the executive staff. Um, we're going to come together to decide what what are the what is it that that people want from their police department, both internally and externally. It's going to guide our decision making. Uh, into the future, through at least through the end of the, this mayor's term, and whomever the, the chief of police is through the, through their at least through their uh, tenure, while Mayor Hogsett is still still yeah. uh, the mayor. But it's something that's needed. Um, that way, there's no uh, there's no misunderstanding about where we're going, why we're going there, and what we're trying to accomplish. So, so who are some of the stakeholders who are going to be weighing in uh, and be a part of this uh, strategic uh, plan? Yeah, we're going to engage our community, uh, number one, um, elected officials, like I said, the mayor's office, the council, uh, other elected officials that are touched by this police department, uh, our professional staff, that's our civilian employees here, the non-sworn employees, um, our police officers, um, and then the, the executive team up here, all those, are, all those individuals are going to be engaged uh, on uh, what they want to see from their police department um, into the future. So, so what do you, what do you think that some of the expected recommendations are going to be? You know, I, I don't know that yet. I mean, it's going to be anxious to see uh, from from the community what they want and from our officers. I mean, I, I hear from our officers routinely about the things they want to see from uh, the city, the, the department management, and you know, I hear from the community. Uh, there's also a lot of people in the community that, that that haven't had an opportunity to to voice their opinions about what they want and expect from their police department. So, I hope that. That when the time comes, whatever uh, group is tasked with putting this together, that the people of this community participate and they participate with their uh, full attention and that they, they let 
let us know what they want and how we get there. Help us get there. One of the things that you, you spoke about uh, as well was that you it was your goal to get everyone um, on the same page uh, going forward so everyone would know what to expect out of out of each other. Uh, tall task? Oh, absolutely. It's going to be a tall task. But, you know, anything worth doing is, is worth doing right. And this is, to me, is important for us to, you know, sometimes we make decisions up here on the second floor of the police, officer, uh, police department that impact our officers and our community. Uh, and without, um, you know, thoroughly thinking through what the impact could be. And so if we have a plan in front of us that says there's, and I'm making this up, four pillars, and one of those pillars is transparency. And another transparency is, uh, you know, how do we improve the, the technology so that at a fingertip, anybody at any point can go to a website, our website or another one, and see how many criminal homicides we've had, how many non-fatal shootings we've had, uh, how many officer-involved shootings have there been, what does the, the clearance rate look like, what does crime look like in my area? Uh, all those things are important, and right now they're not easily accessible to the community, and so we want to we want to change that. So uh, that 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 could be part of of that plan is is how do we make technology uh, better for our community and better for our officers. Three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight is our new listener line number three one seven nine seven two three zero zero eight. Our guest, uh, acting chief of IMPD, Christopher Bailey. Um, chief, one of the biggest not not only for IMPD, but one of the biggest challenges for any police department across the United States of America is 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 trust, uh, the community's trust uh, among, uh, you know, trust between the community uh, and the department. Any ideas how that's going to be approached, uh, you know, going forward? Well, you're Building absolutely right. That, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it, and that's a difficult one, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a process that there's never probably in my lifetime going to be a flag we can drop and say mission accomplished. It's relationships take effort. They take time. They take being intentional. And that's what we have to be is more intentional with, with our community. And there's things like, uh, you know, right or wrong, justified or not justified, when we have the number of officers involved shootings that we had in 2023, that erodes the trust. And people then are fearful. People are uh, skeptical and hesitant, uh, regardless of whether the officers are, are, are right or wrong. And you know, I, I've looked at all these. I've looked at the evidence and all of them. And, you know, for the most part, our officers are responding uh, to what they're, uh, you know, what they're encountering encountering in our community, and they have to defend themselves in the community. However, there are, there are, there are times when uh, we look at these incidents, and, and 2023 is no different, where we say, what can we do better in that particular incident? It, this wasn't right, that wasn't right, and how do we fix it? And how do we go through the process to make sure that we do it the right way? Uh, but you know that when you talk about clearance rates and all those things, that comes down to trust, and not just trust in the police, but trust in the system generally. Is the system, is the court, is the prosecutor's office working? Do the courts work? Do corrections work? Community uh, corrections, all those things. When when people see uh, that they've been victimized, the police make an arrest and the person is either back out on the street and they see him out there or they're given a light sentence that that diminishes uh, people's trust in the system. And that hurts policing when they uh, see an officer step out of out of their oath, whether it's here in Indianapolis or across the country, that impacts people's um, uh, legitimacy and, and thoughtfulness in the police. And so 
Uh, we're not perfect people. We're human beings, by the way. And, uh, you know, there's only been one perfect human being to ever walk on the earth, and none of us are him. And uh, so we're going to make mistakes, but we have to own those mistakes. We have to fix them, and we have to move forward. And we have to be open, honest, and transparent. It's uh, it's uh, it's a difficult task. If I had the answer to perfect police community relations, you know, I'd be a millionaire and selling that to cities across the country. But I do know that has to be intentional, and we have to get out of our cars, and we have to be very, uh, you know, we have to be in with our community, and that's that's my my plan while I sit in the seat. Mm-hmm. Um. How do you think the use and employment of the body-worn cameras uh, has changed police-community relations? Well, I don't think that it's probably changed them to the extent people thought they would. I think there's still a lot of perception out there that they were going to catch officers doing uh, a lot of bad things, and they have done that, and uh, officers have been accountable in some things we probably would have never known about without those uh without the body worn cameras but they've also shown that a majority of the time our officers are doing it the right way um and uh but that's why we have to continuously look at the technology how can we get better there's lots of lots of hours of body worn camera video that's never seen either by the administration or by the community just the sheer nature of how much is out there for a large police department. So as we move forward, we have to look at technology and, and artificial intelligence to, to as a way to be a force mul- multiplier to us to examine this this footage to look for misconduct um, and, and address it or um, other other uh, other um, training issues or other ways that we can um, make policing safer for the officer and the community generally. So mm-hmm. uh, and then we're going to add uh, in-car cameras this year. Um, probably around 700, depending on mm-hmm. what the price um, point comes in at, and we'll keep adding as years go on, like we did with body cameras, to add additional um, layers of, of transparency to what we do. Uh, and uh, I think that that that'll be important. We need to look at the policy uh, ever so often. We have a general orders board, civilian majority general orders board, that at any point can mm-hmm. update the policies, looking at best practices around the country, and see what makes the most sense and making sure that we are doing and using this tool appropriately uh, and for the appropriate reasons. 317-972-3008, Our guest, uh, IMPD Acting Chief of Police, um, Christopher Bailey. Uh, Chief Bailey, uh, the mayor, uh, in in announcing your appointment, uh, said and is quoted, I quote him here, uh, at a time when Indianapolis has seen progress on improving public safety by investing in a holistic approach of policing, community, and mental health-focused initiatives, Chief Bailey has been charged with immediately beginning to work with local criminal justice experts to recommend operational changes necessary to modernize the department in line with these efforts. Um, modernization is the term that caught me there. What What's the mayor mean by that? Well, we have to make sure that um, the way we've been doing business in all aspects isn't the way we just continue it because that's the way we've been doing it, right? That's that's, that's probably the worst thing that I hear is that, well, that's the only – that's the way we've always done it. And that's a, that's from hiring perspective. That's from a training perspective. I mean, the way we – the way we hire our police officers, how long does that take? What what is the process to do that? Is there a way to speed that up, but mm-hmm. still ensure that we're hiring the most quality and qualified uh, candidates? It it touches on something I mentioned a while uh, a minute ago. That's how do we increase the visibility of our information, our data, 
uh, we get thousands upon thousands of, of open uh, and public data requests, and it's hard for us to keep up on it. And so we have to put some of this information at the fingertips of our community and the journalists and, and researchers that want this information so that we don't have to be bogged down by those mm-hmm. those particular requests. We can put it out there, and then people can analyze the, the, the information as they see fit. Right now, you put in a public records request. It could be weeks, sometimes years, before you get the information back just because there's so many requests mm-hmm. and our data is hard to maneuver. Mm-hmm. So those those are two uh, particular ways. And then, you know, the structure of our agency is, that, is the way we're structured – internally makes sense. So we have right now four divisions. Do we need do we need more? Do we need less? Do we need more professional staff employees that that oversee certain sectors of our department rather than a sworn police officer? In a world uh in a city where we're seeing a diminishing number of police officers and not enough candidates coming in the front door, uh we have to look at professionalizing some of our positions. We recently hired a uh HR director who is a professional HR director, an attorney before that was a cop. We have a chief communications officer. Before, that was three or four cops. Uh, we need to look at, uh, again, I'll bring up technology side. We have cops doing things like building programs and maintaining uh, systems when there are professionally trained people in this world that can do that, and mm-hmm. we can let cops do what cops need to do, investigate homicides, prevent violent crimes, those type of things. So those are all the things that, that, that we're looking at. Um, and I, I spoke a little bit yesterday with some people at Indiana University to to potentially help us do this um, review of some of these things and that those talks are ongoing. Yeah, and the areas of mental health uh, because we hear yeah. that so often. And two uh, notable police involved shootings last year: a person mm-hmm. is suffering a mental health crisis was was in a tree, shot and killed out of a tree, uh, and a person with a machete uh, shot and killed, suffering a mental health crisis. Um, how much attention do you think is going to be focused on on the separation of that? I know the unit. Uh, we're in fact we're going to be talking with that uh, unit soon. But I know that there's that. What else? Well, I mean, the, you know, IMPD should not be in the business of, of necessarily dealing with individuals suffering from mental health. However, the the way the systems are, uh, mm-hmm. we're forced to do that, mm-hmm. especially when people are armed or violent. Mm-hmm. Um, and we spent many years, and I'm very proud of the amount of training we've 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 put in our officers. But you know, we, one one second an officer could be dealing with an armed bank robber, and ha- and dealing with that the next minute mm-hmm. helping a mother parent a 10-year-old kid. Now, this could be an officer with 20, that's 24 years old who has no experience in parenting a kid. This is what we ask of our police officers, too much. We ask them to do too much and want them to be experts at all of it, and it's just not possible. No no uh, professional out there who specializes in mental care, health care is a mm-hmm. professional at, at police tactics. They're yeah. professional at what they've been trained to do, except police who have to be given uh, a amount of training that's well beyond what they were ever intended to do. And that's what we've done as a society mm-hmm. um, that we have do not have enough investment from the state uh, government or um, the federal government on mental health uh, interventions and mental health clinics and access to mental health treatments early on. We have stigmas that, that are, that exist in, in our communities where uh, mental health illness is ignored or they don't know where to get the help they need until it manifests itself in bad behavior, and then the police are required mm-hmm. to respond. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, you, you mentioned one particular incident with the man with the machete. There was a doctor on the scene there. 
um, of that particular incident, and the officers spent hours trying to negotiate with this individual, and it ended tragi- tragically, and I hate that it happened uh, for the family, the community, and the officers involved. Um, but those officers did, in my opinion, all they could uh, under some very difficult circumstances. Um, and, um, you know, we, we have to look at those types of things and see how, how we can get better. I know the mayor's office has invested in the clinician-led response that started downtown. It's soon to expand to East District, 24 yeah, hours a yeah. day, that sends community members and social workers to certain circumstances where there's nonviolent offender, mm-hmm. there's no weapon involved, or no threat of violence, and, and they deal with those situations, which we as a police department welcome with open arms. Yeah. We would love to see more and more of that. We're, we're not getting in the way of that. We think it's a great idea, and the more that we can get out of that business, the better it is for everybody. Yeah. Uh, 317-972-3008. Frank, go ahead. Uh, you have a question for the chief? Yeah, I got two questions I'd like to ask him. Okay. Number one is about the hiring uh, situation here. Uh, how credible is that hiring situation? Because you got all of these uh, uh, different uh, people out here in mm-hmm. different organizations. Uh, yeah. That. Uh, okay. It, well, number two. Whenever there is a police shooting, why do it take so long? to investigate that officer for drug use or alcohol use or anything in, in that system. How come it can't be dead right away and let the public know what doesn't happen here? Uh, okay. Uh, okay, he looks like he hung up. But anyway, um, the, the the amount of time, if you can explain the process is why, uh, you know, I, I, I guess a toxicology test for officers uh, take – uh, as long as they do, and uh, the hiring process, uh, the transparency in the hiring process. Uh, well, at the end of the day, the people responsible for hiring on this police department are all civilians. Mm-hmm. There's seven people who review every background, uh, every psychological information, all the uh, scores, and they make a decision whether or not someone's hired in the police department uh, based on the rules that are set by the state. So there's certain guidelines. You get you can't be over the age of 40. Uh, you can't have a felony conviction, mm-hmm. all those things. So once that's all vetted out, all the information is given to the civilian merit board, they make decisions on hiring. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why uh, the, the process takes a long time, and that's one of the reasons why we want to look at it. What what can we improve? What can we can what do we control that that we can uh, move forward? You know, we we use a third party vendor for medical and psychological. So okay. do every so does every other police department in this area, okay. and so uh, that slows things down. Uh, we have a written test. We have uh, merit board processes. We have psychological. All yeah. those things take polygraph exam. Those mm-hmm. things take time, and so. That's why I want to look at what can we control and what can we improve. As far as investigations are concerned, investigations uh, from the police standpoint are don't take that long. We we complete them and submit them to the prosecuting uh, attorney, uh, usually uh, minus waiting for some specific piece of evidence to come back, you know, within 30 days or more uh, less. Um, and then as whether or not criminal charges are uh, – Filed. That's yeah. that's up to the prosecutor, and the prosecutor has his own process. 
uh, whether it's the grand jury or he makes a decision himself or asks for a special uh, prosecutor or just says, I've, I've examined the evidence and I'm not filing charges in this case. So that's that's not in our purview. We yeah. we do we work with the prosecutor if we present the evidence and the and all the information. If they want us to do more, then yeah. we'll do more. Uh, after, beyond that, an administrative side, officers like every other person under the United States mm-hmm. Constitution have constitutional rights, and if we don't follow those, if we don't follow due process, then if I, as the chief or Chief Taylor before me, decides he wants to fire an officer and we didn't do it the right way. Then whether the whether it's the merit board or mm-hmm. an appeals process to the courts, that officer could get their job back, and then you're going to be angry at us. The community mm-hmm. be angry at us because mm-hmm. we didn't do it the right way. So, so the process, yeah, yeah. We want to make sure that the process is followed. Yeah. That the rights are um, that we uh, mm-hmm. you know respect everyone's rights, whether they're an officer or a person in the community. Yeah. Because if we don't, we ultimately could mm-hmm. lose. Whatever we're trying to do, and then we're back to to, to square one. So yeah, we've got no time for there. yeah, we've got time for one more question. Less than thirty seconds though for the question. But before I get to that question, Chief, I wanted to ask you a question. Will you have any input uh, in the selection of the next permanent chief of police? You know, that's that's up to the mayor. Uh, if he wants to ask, offer my, uh, he wants me to offer my opinion, I'm happy to do it. If he doesn't, I'm going to keep my mouth shut and do my job. <laughs> okay. Uh, final question, uh, Patricia. We've got less than a minute. Go ahead. Do you have a question for Chief Bailey? No, I really just and just say that so far he touched on a lot of stuff and questions and doubts that I may have had, mm-hmm. and just to wish him good luck the interim time that he's going to be working, and I just hope the community and everybody helps and give him whatever input he needs to get our city safe. All right. Well, Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. And you know what? I I don't think there's a better call to end on than that one, Chief. No, uh, no. Bless <laughs> her heart. She made my day. Yeah, indeed, indeed. <laughs> well, uh, you know, keep us posted, and, and we'll try to yeah. stay in touch as well. And, again, um, like I said, I know you got a big job to do, uh, and I don't know how much time you have to do it. Uh, do we have a, a time frame of when uh, the next chief will be appointed, or it's just whenever the mayor gets it all done? Yeah, whenever the, the mayor decides. But in the meantime, I can tell you there's work to do, and I'm not waiting. We're getting to work. All righty. Chief Christopher Bailey, acting police uh, chief uh, for the city of Indianapolis. Chief, thank you so much. Uh, Do come back. No, anytime. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And that's all all the time we have for Community Connection. We'll be back tomorrow. Willie Moore Jr. on the radio is up next. I'm Tina Cosby. Until then, everyone, please stay warm. Check on somebody else. Make sure everybody around you is safe. We'll be back tomorrow.